Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional, and we talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode, and if you haven't already, please give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, I'm Brandon from Sasquatch B Studios and I'm working on a game called Samurado. And this is a really, really special episode because I am joined by game developer and YouTuber Fairly. He has a really awesome YouTube channel with almost 32,000 subscribers and he's working on a really cozy looking pixel art game called Jellyfields, which looks like a lot of fun. Fairly, thank you so much for joining me. Let's get right into it. So just for the people who are listening who don't know anything about you and don't know who you are and don't know what you're working on, uh, just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your game. Hi, I'm Fairly. I would like to say that I am the goofiest guy in game dev. <laughs> I'm just now giving myself that that name. Uh, I'm working on a game called Jellyfields. It's a cozy pixel art farming idol type game and originally i was making the game for for views it was just meant to be a little side project but then it actually turned into a project that would end up helping me with my anxiety disorder and i wanted it to be a game that can also help other people that may have anxiety or just want something that they can just put on turn the brain off and click things I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit here. So I I specifically remember a video on your channel from, oh, I watched so many videos, so it's, it's hard to remember exactly. It was like from a year ago. And I feel like I remember you saying that you did do YouTube and game dev full time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that. Maybe that was the case and it's not anymore. But do you have a job or is this like your full time gig right now? So I do not have a job. Mm -hmm. I have actually never had a quote unquote job. I, I did some video editing for people in the past, but I've basically lived majority of my life with really severe panic and anxiety disorder. And I was too afraid to actually get a job because what happened to me in high school was I started getting anxiety in school. And then it kind of just works like on a schedule after that point. So every time I went to that same class every day, I would get anxious again. I would need to go to the office. I would need to go home. My teachers started getting upset with me, thinking that I was trying to skip class. I ended up switching to online schooling. And after that, I was so afraid that if I got a job, I would get anxiety and then I would miss the job. And then that would just go and go and go. And... I didn't want that to happen. I, I'm a hardworking person, but the anxiety like switches that to the completely other perspective where I'm just immobilized from doing anything. And I always had a passion for wanting to create videos. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my fiance, actually was like, you should just do YouTube. That's what you want to do. You should just pursue doing that and find find your angle. That's really cool. And so I've been doing that since. That's really cool. And I can vouch for the fact that you're a hard worker because I'm I'm on on my second monitor over here. I pulled up your YouTube channel and you've posted 173 videos. That's a lot of freaking videos to post to YouTube. And for anyone who doesn't know what the editing process is like and what the video creation process is like, it's a lot of work, especially for devlogs. They take so much work to post. So like that's good on you, man. That's that's huge. And you've built uh you built a really cool channel. So uh, tell me just a little bit about your game, a Jellyfield specifically. Um, like, where are you at in the development process with it? Um, when do you think or hope that you'll have it done by? Do you have any kind of rough date in mind? So I, I posted this on my community tab, and I've talked about this with my community before. But I do think I want to finish the game this year it's mm -hmm. a bit ambitious but i also at the same time think that that's like a good motivator for myself and i feel like i'm interesting in the way that i don't want to make games just for the sake of like making the game or just like getting the money from it mm 
I, I really want to make experiences that people can play that are affordable and that leave like a lasting impression on them. So when I'm working on my game and my game's got this whole biome thing going on. Yep. So like you go in, you farm and you defeat this corruption that's taking over the land. And after you do that, then you can move on to a new biome. And I want each of the biomes to feel really unique, have different gameplay experiences. For example, the first biome in the game, Friendly Fields, you it's like farming based. You plant a lot of crops. Once you've planted your crop, you feed it to your jelly and your the jellies will attack the corruption. And then after they defeat the corruption, you'll get new seeds in your shop and then you can plant more things and rinse and repeat that until you finish the biome. But in the second biome of the game, it's based on mining. So when you feed your jellies crops, instead of them attacking the corruption, they actually just drop money and you use that money to mine different tiles. And some of the tiles have spells in them. So when you mine them, then the, that will have a spell and that'll attack the corruption. So I want each biome to feel different and unique in that way. And the development process for that is interesting because it's based on a lot of you kind of have to just sit around and wait for an inspiration kick to hit you mm -hmm. instead of just sitting there and racking my brain for hours and hours on end. I really just go based on feeling for what I think feels nice. And I think that's an interesting way of working on a game. I don't know if a lot of people do that, but I do work a lot on just pure intuition. You know, I, I've interviewed quite a few people on this channel at this point. You're probably not that many people. You're probably the sixth or the I want to say the seventh, I think. And I actually hear this more than you would think. Like a lot of developers seem to take um not all of them, mind you, but some of them take the follow the fun approach. Like just um that they'll they'll sit down and they'll know like what they're working on that day and they'll execute, they'll implement that and then it'll be like, well what would be fun next as opposed to having like a whole game design document planned out for like here are all the different things for the game that it's going to need right down to the most minute details like i don't know a lot of developers that seem to work that way it might be unique to youtubers i i'm not sure because everyone that i've spoken or interviewed thus far has been a youtuber so maybe that has something to do with it but uh yeah you're you're definitely not alone there so it seems to be a good approach that makes for really inspiring looking games from what I've seen. Yeah, I think it also going into the YouTuber side of it all. YouTuber alert, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when when you're making a devlog, uh, it's really different from traditional game development, even traditional indie game development, because you're you're constantly putting putting art and effects to things that aren't finished yet for the sake of the devlog. Yep. And Oftentimes you're sitting there going, all right, well, I need to do the fun. I need to do the fun. I need to do the fun for the sake of the video. And you can be spending four, five, six months on one 10 minute devlog. And eventually you do run out of the fun, but it's, it's, it is challenging and interesting at the same time to always try to find the fun. Yes. But um, going back to the original question, uh, in terms of how far I am in development, <clears throat> If you watch through the devlog series, uh, the game has actually had some uh, pretty interesting development process because, as I said earlier, it originally started just as a side game, just for some content for the channel. I was remaking uh, a game that I had made like four years prior, okay. and it turned into a devlog for that, and that ended up being like one of the most popular videos on my channel, and people wanted to see more of it, and... You can call me an idiot for doing this, but the game didn't really have much of a purpose. There wasn't a game there. It was quote unquote a simulator. But the more that I tried to work on the simulator angle, I just felt like it it wasn't working right. Mm -hmm. The game has gone through like maybe six or seven different versions of like the entire gameplay being remade. Wow. So that that ended up taking like the better most part of a year but 
now I'm in a really good spot with the game. I'm in a spot where I'm actively adding in new biomes. I've decided that the game is going to be a more smaller experience than the huge crazy game that I originally had planned. So I've scaled a lot of that back a bit and not many people know this, but I technically work in a team. I have a guy who does all of the digital art for my games. I have oh, cool. someone that's doing all of the music for my games. And I have a few other people that are, these people are all very, very gracious and they do a lot of this stuff for free, whether it's just for experience or for a portfolio. So shout out to the, the wonder pond team. Uh, I also have some people in there that whenever I make some stuff, I can just run it by them and say, does this look good? Can I get your opinion on that? Uh, do you think the average person would like this or do you think this is a little too far out there? So so that's really cool and it is helping the development along a lot because if I'm ever stuck, I can ask people for help and I'm a pretty stubborn person so I, do, <laughs> I don't often ask for help. But it's nice to actually be able to have the help and I do enjoy the process of working with others. <laughs> Sorry, I can relate to the being being stubborn thing, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um my my wife could attest. Uh, her and I work on uh, our game together. She's she's my partner in this, and she helps edit the videos too. And she'll she'll tell you that I can be extremely stubborn. <laughs> so that's why you cracked me up there. Um, I I did want to ask though. So you you've got a YouTube channel with uh over thirty thousand subscribers. Um, you you get. So, you know, you get a lot of eyeballs on your game, uh, but you, I could not find a Steam page set up for Jellyfields. So I'm just curious, is there, um, is there a strategy involved there or is you just haven't gotten around to setting it up? I'm just curious in terms, because I've heard advice from both sides of the fence in terms of when the heck should you set up your Steam page, right? I've heard the one extreme, which is as soon as you have, you know, like a square set up a Steam page and start gathering an audience. And I've heard the other side, which is, oh, you only get one chance for a first impression. Make sure it's a good one. So you best wait until your game's like half done, I think I've heard. So just, um, yeah, where are you at with that uh, in terms of like, how did you go about making that is it an intentional decision that you don't have a steam page right now and if so just what are your thoughts on what i just said so yeah it is intentional that i don't have a steam page yet and i will say that i am now working on the steam page i actually have always had the steam page but as the game went on and i'm, I'm working based a lot on intuition i'm like i need to make sure that this game is is totally how I want it before I present it to a larger audience. When I present it to people in a devlog, the way that my devlogs are set up, they're less professional. They're more just showing you everything that goes on with my game development. Mm -hmm. So when I put things out in a devlog, everybody kind of has this understanding that what I've just made and what I've just shown isn't exactly 100%. But in my eyes, when you release a trailer or you release a Steam page or something like that, there should be a little bit more of a... That's a more of a professional setting. Right. And people that don't know that you're just a amateur developer working on a passion project might see those things. Someone might just be scrolling on Steam and see your game. Someone might just get the trailer in, in their feed on YouTube. And so I want to make sure that I'm doing everything properly and making the correct game for me and for players before I make the Steam page. I've talked to a lot of people about when to make the Steam page, how to make the Steam page, and I've researched into looking into how I want to do it and figuring out the tagline and the description. And I have all the key art. I have the logos. I have everything ready, and I've had that for like a year now. But I just didn't feel like the game was in the right place to do that. And I think actually figuring out what the game is was a difficult task for me. Because my game's kind of like, it's its own thing. I don't really have other games that I can just pull inspiration from. Gotcha. So it's hard for me to know if something works unless I do it. And it's also difficult to upload 
devlogs regularly and also be experimenting what works and what doesn't at the same time. Yep. And I did end up falling into a trap with that because I only had one biome for almost a year. And so everybody was seeing that same biome. And if you look at my channel, you can just see that the views are like slowly going down. And if you go to the comments, people are like, okay, can we go on to a new biome now? So yeah, I did fall into that. But yeah, I, I am waiting for the Steam page. I think that's the right call for my game. And yeah, I think that's the right call for my game. All right. Can I ask then, so you're you're hoping to get this game out this year. Do you have a plan then in terms of, uh, actually, I, I have kind of two questions wrapped in one. Are you wanting to wait until you have like um, a proper trailer made? for Jellyfields. I and by the way, you might already have one made. I don't know, but uh are you waiting for that? And how long before the release of the game would you want to make the Steam page live, do you think? So, ideally, I would like to have the Steam page done before my next devlog because I know what the game is now. I'm working on it. Um I'm working on the Steam page. Mm -hmm. I actually know someone that works for Steam that's also going to be helping me figure out what Steam likes and what Steam doesn't in terms of just wording on things. And so I have that person that I can consult for that too. Nice. But I want to get it up and I want to be like, guys, this is the game. This is what it's going to be like. You guys are now seeing uh, basically what the gameplay is going to be like. So... The Steam page is in the description. You can go wishlist it now. I do want to make a trailer for it. I think I might wait for when I do the demo for the game in order to do a trailer. Gotcha. Um, but I love game trailers. It's one of my favorite things to edit. I've edited, if anybody knows the game Below the Stone, I've edited two trailers for them. Those guys are awesome. And trailer editing is something that I do really enjoy. So as many trailers as I can edit, I'll do it. <laughs> nice. It, you just need to be in one of those places where you have enough, because um, I can relate. I don't have enough uh, content in my game yet to be able to make a proper like demo that looks like it's a good vertical slice of the game. A lot of my main mechanics are in there but um, and are still being perfected and new ones are being added in. But I don't have enough content in terms of, like you said, different biomes and things like that. I can't really make a trailer with just one tile set um because it all looks the same right it all looks really boring so yeah there is definitely you need enough content is all i'm trying to say i guess and do you feel like your game is in a place where it has enough content for you be to be able to create a trailer at this point i think in game no but in terms of the stuff that i've drawn and and everything i've planned out um a little bit of a pulling back the curtain for the listeners of this a lot of times when you see a game trailer they they don't have everything that you see in the trailer they just slap some assets in make it look good if the character were to turn around it would just be a blank void there <laughs> that open world shot of the game that just shows the back of the character and the camera pans up that's because there is no front of the character yet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so i can definitely do that at this point yeah i've i've read that even AAA studios will do it that way uh so i i wanted to ask actually well you mentioned anxiety and, and all that stuff and i i wanted i talk a lot about uh, the emotional element behind indie game development which is something that i don't think gets uh, talked a lot about in the game dev space online um so i always like to ask questions that validate people who really just don't feel like they know what they're doing at all they want to make a game but they don't feel like they know what they're doing whatsoever um and i feel this way a lot uh even though i make tutorials and things like that a lot of the time i feel like i'm i i <laughs> like i'm an amateur and i have no idea what i'm doing i'm just curious like do you relate to that feeling um do you feel like uh or do you feel like a professional game developer or do you just kind of feel like you're fumbling in the dark a lot of the time <laughs> okay i'm really glad that you asked this um i feel like i'm fumbling in the dark always no matter what i'm doing yeah. uh i don't feel like a professional game developer and it takes a lot to be a professional game developer uh that 
that's kind of not my thing. My my thing is, yeah, I am struggling and I have been struggling a, a lot with a lot of different things in terms of like the anxiety and, and, and doing game development. And game development is hard enough on its own. You're doing like 700 different jobs. <laughs> like if you look at how many people are involved in the process of creating a AAA game, it's like upwards of thousands of people yeah. that work on those things and then you add the youtube element to it youtube in itself is so difficult and it's always ever changing yeah. so right when you feel like you figured it out it's going to change on you so with your when you're you're making a game your game is not guaranteed to succeed no matter how much time you put into it and your videos aren't guaranteed to succeed no matter how much time you put into it i will say if you want to get into this line of work, you need to be one thing, and that's stupid. <laughs> uh, bonus points if you're stubborn. Yeah. Stupid and stubborn, and you 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 might be successful. <laughs> you have to be willing to get your ass kicked by a, by a computer a lot of the time, I think. Yeah, you have to be willing to put in thousands of hours of work for actually no return. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, I always like to ask questions about YouTube specifically because I do YouTube myself and I interview people that do YouTube and I just know not everyone but a lot of people that work on indie games a lot of them have the thought in the back of their mind like should I be doing devlogs should I be making a YouTube channel so I always like to talk about it a little bit during these interviews and you've got about 32,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel do you feel like it's worth the effort to do both to do game development and youtube at the same time just overarching what are your thoughts there i for me it's very worth it because my my dream job and what i've always wanted to do is content creation first okay i this is not my first channel spoiler alert I've actually had, I would say, over 10 YouTube channels. Oh, wow. I've I've been at it since like 2014, creating content on different channels and all sorts of different genres, doing all sorts of different things. And YouTube for me is something that I'm, I like always I'm going to have to be doing because that is my passion. That's what I love doing the most. And actually, I'll throw a curveball in the mix here. I am not just working on Fairly. I have a main channel now. Fairly is now my second channel, and I have a main channel now called really? Game Game Grove, where I do uh, Nintendo-related theories and rankings and tier list videos. And that channel is actually doing really good right now. So it's really interesting when I tell people that because they're like, you're doing two channels and you're making and you live stream every week. Wow. Like, yeah, I have to I have to be always doing something. I didn't even know that. That's insane to me. Holy cow. <laughs> you must have really, really long days. Um, I can only imagine. With uh, how I'm doing my scheduling now, I'm actually doing a little bit of a lot of things every single day. And that actually is working out really well because eventually, eventually things will get done if you just do them all really, really slowly, but consistently. Yep. But then there'll be days where you're super inspired to do a lot and you'll get like two weeks worth of stuff done in one day. So I found that that workflow really does work for me. There's a lot less pressure too when you're just like just slowly inching towards the goal with some stuff. That makes sense. I wanted to ask, because you really, um, when I first reached out to you on your email to ask uh, if, if we could do this interview, you really intrigued me with your answer. You said, and I'm, I'm quoting here, uh, you had a massive falling out with game dev last year. You flip-flopped between many different projects and left your channel while you figured everything out. Uh, you said more than that and we'll get there uh but can you just fill us in on some of the details there in terms of what happened do you, are you okay to talk about that yeah so <laughs> going right back to what we just said game game grove is a result of of the, the falling out with my my devlog channel okay and how i actually got there in the first place was 
I think it was actually a culmination of just a lot of things happening in my life changing so much and it being very stressful and me not having the tools to handle it. So when I first started my channel, I was actually doing game development on a dual core PC. My PC was so bad <laughs> that my first devlogs were edited in chunks of like two to three seconds. I had to actually select two to three seconds and then pre-render and then watch it back oh for God. the entire video. <laughs> and I had met my girlfriend at the time and I was in a not not very wealthy household, I'll say. Um, and I love my parents. They're amazing people, but just not a, not a lot of money. And when I met my girlfriend, my entire life changed. She, uh, she wanted to move me out to where she lived. She wanted to get me a, a new PC. And I had never been that far away from home before. I was going to be with her, not with not seeing my family as often. And it's like a nine hour drive away from my parents. So it's like really far away. Wow. And, and when I got there, I was like, okay, I'm in my twenties. I, I should start doing things as most people that are in their twenties do you, you, uh, um, disasterify your life and say that you need everything to be in order and, <laughs> and you need to be set up for the rest of your life when you're only 20. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to get really serious about this game development stuff. I got to start doing it. I got to start doing it all the time. I, and I think I just didn't process that I had moved away from home and I was probably missing my parents. I put everything on the back burner and my anxiety was was so bad when we first had met that I would barely ever leave my room at my parents' house. And so you've taken me and you've put me in a completely different environment. Right. And I was struggling to to deal with that as well. And I was trying to work on how to deal with my anxiety and figure out how it works and what works for me and what my boundaries are. And after a while, I just reached a breaking point to where i was like i think i hate making video games i i was so over it and every time i made a video i made the mistake of being like this is going to be the video that is going to pop off yeah. and i was kind of making of the videos for the number and i forgot what the where the passion was in that and it was it was really really tough and I felt like my games weren't going in a direction that I liked or they would never get finished and so I would start a new project and then that would lead to not getting finished and then I'd go back to an old project and then people were getting upset about me not sticking to one thing and and saying there's too much going on oh I like this project but then it went away or bring back this old one or bring back the old version of this project it, it got to be a lot and I just reached a point to where I was like, that's it. I'm out. I'm, I was like, this is, this is terrible for me. I can't do this anymore. I want to do YouTube. I'm going to go find some other channel that works for me. I tried a lot of things. I tried live streaming. I tried doing gaming stuff. I tried doing reaction stuff. I even tried clay modeling. Really? I tried making miniatures. I tried so much stuff. Um, and then when I did Game Game Grove, which is actually what I always wanted to do was just theories, rankings, and, and, and deep dives into games that I enjoy. I posted the first video and it got like 50,000 views. And then I kept posting more and more and they're all doing great. And that channel was doing great and I was working on it so much. And I'm like, oh, I love this so much. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, I really do miss game development. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's something that it's really hard to stay away from for too long. You can burn yourself out and take like, you know, a couple months or even a year off. But then uh, it's happened to me a couple of times throughout my life, um, especially when I was just doing it like in the evenings when I had a full time job. Um, yeah, I, I would take months off at a time 
And especially when I started dabbling in YouTube videos on a channel that is, you know, no longer around, but uh, you would post something and it would get like, you know, 20 views or something. And you're like really, really salty about it. You're like, I put so much work into this and it becomes, yeah, it becomes about the numbers. It's really, um, I think that's a really unhealthy way of, of doing it. So I'm glad to hear that you're back into um, focusing on the passion side of things rather than just views and numbers and subscribers and all that. That's awesome. Uh, another thing that you said that intrigued me was you also said that you have a lot and you put it in all caps. You said you have a lot to talk about in terms of unhealthy work practices, burnout, imposter syndrome, and how you plan to deal with that going forward. And that's that's huge. I'm really dying to know more. Uh, so in terms of uh, because I've um, I think imposter syndrome in particular, I think all indie developers, um, even professionals or especially amateurs though, I think we all uh, deal with that a little bit, but in terms of unhealthy work practices and burnout, that's always something that we're all trying to avoid. So yeah, just tell me a little bit about, about that and how you plan to avoid that going forward. Yeah, I said I said a lot in all caps because I'm a professional yapper. So if you don't make me stop, I will continue talking forever. Uh, that's why this, my streams are good for me. I did I do just get to yap for hours. Um, but yeah, unhealthy work practices, burnout, imposter syndrome, all of those things are very easy to fall into, especially with game development. Man, in game development. There's always this this shiny little thing that you're just you're 20 minutes away of working from and then it seven hours have gone by and you still didn't get to that shiny thing that you're trying to get. <laughs> and then you're like significant others friends are like, OK, you you've been there for so long. You need to get off. And then you're like, if I get off, I will forget what I am in the middle of doing. It is I'm so close I can't just write down where I'm at because that's not going to help me. I, I I need to be in this spot right now. Yeah, that's how my like addiction to 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 doing the work started, and then it it just got really bad. It one day I was uh, sitting there working at like eleven, twelve, and my office is is in the same room where it's in our bedroom. And I looked over and I just saw my partner sleeping there without me. And I was like, that's tough. I was like that. I, my priorities are in the wrong spot because she is, she goes to bed without me. And I, I was sat there and I was like, that is sad. Like that. If somebody were to like be standing in the corner of the room with a camera and took a picture of that, that would be like uploaded to like saddest behind the scenes moments in history. Right. I'm like, that's that is awful. That's kind of the thing that made me really think about that. And then when I was thinking about my relationship, not just with my partner, but with my friends, not hanging out as often saying, oh, I got to work. Um, a lot of people think that like, oh, YouTube is cool. You just do it whenever when you're able to just do something whenever and it's your livelihood, you're going to do it forever and ever. So you're not going to stop doing it because when you do when it would happen to me and it happened to a lot of devs, I've talked about this before. If this has happened to other people, you take a step away from work and you're like, oh, I'm just going to play a game for 10 minutes. The second you open that game, you're like dread instantly. It's like I should be I should have a game done. Yep. I should have be this far in development yep. like. And then it led to. Me having imposter syndrome. Every video that I uploaded, I was like, this is going to be the one that's going to be good. Um, people would tell me the videos are good and they wouldn't do good. But I don't know. I just I kind of just had this thought in the back of my mind where it's like people tell me that my videos are good. And I'm like, they just feel like luck. Every time I uploaded a video, it just felt like I just got lucky. I got in the game development trend when it was first happening. My views are only a result of me being one of the OGs. And that's kind of what I thought. Uh, my streams have really taught me otherwise because I am terrible at streaming game development. I get like, 
maybe half a minute of work done and the rest <laughs> is just me losing my mind and people love it they they love that and so knowing that people actually cared about my personality it gave me kind of a reality check where i'm like okay maybe maybe people do like me and that kind of shifted my my mentality towards being like all right what do people like about me and i'm just gonna service them what they like so fairly is is basically me but taken up a few notches which is how most people are when they're online their persona is just them but up a few notches me maybe more so than other game developers because i'm just crazy when i do (laughs) stuff like that but yeah, and then I ended up having the, I don't know what the exact term is called, but it's the opposite of imposter syndrome where you think like you're, you end up making yourself more stupid thinking you're better than you actually are. I've had that happen too because I'm like, oh, people really like my content. It's not catching on because people just don't understand it and and stuff like that. That happened too. So that was a bit of like the flip-flopping. And the burnout, the burnout was really tough for me. And for the people listening, I'm sure this has been said before, but burnout doesn't just affect you working. Burnout, it affects your entire life. You you get, well, for me, I get super cranky. I stop eating when I'm super burnt out. Like I lose my appetite. I I'm just like lethargic. I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything. Uh, slight things that would have stressed me out a teeny bit stressed me out so much more. Everything feels like it's doomed. Every little bit of work or a chore that I have to do just feels like climbing a mountain or like running a mile. And that's just a result of having that unhealthy work workflow and the way that i figured out how to deal with it is i do have things planned out that i like to do Mm -hmm. to make sure that i'm on schedule and i do like to get to those but my schedule is super lenient towards things and writing just a loose schedule for myself saying like oh maybe i want to get this done like this week or so has has really helped instead of saying this needs to be done today and finding the fun in the work is another way that I'm, as of lately, have been really uh, focusing on because that does help a lot with the burnout. And then knowing the signs of burnout uh, is really important too. Like, it's super subtle at first that I noticed. And I think this is... Uh, part of me having an anxiety disorder is that I do tend to get burnt out a lot faster than other people. Mm-hmm. So even if I just work hard for just a couple days, I'll <laughs> notice the signs of burnout and then I'll be like, okay, I need to take a step back and I need to focus on something else, not just do something else focus. Originally what I would do was I'd be like, okay, I'm getting burnt out. I'm going to play some Minecraft and then I get on Minecraft and I just think about what I'm going to do when I'm back to work. <laughs> And so now what I, now what I do is I like, I find something that I'm interested in and I want to focus on at the beginning of this month. It was the Nintendo switch Two. There's all these rumors coming out. There's all this information. There might be a new Nintendo console. And I geeked out hard for that. And at that point it was like, my life was revolving around news of the switch Two, And I was also doing game development on the side. Like the game development didn't feel like my main thing. It just felt like a side thing. And right now with Pal World came out and this game Enshrouded came out and I love open world crafting survival games. So now that's my new thing is like I'm super into those. And when there are other goals in your life other than working, it makes the work a lot easier. And I noticed that when i'm not burnt out and i'm happy and i'm focusing on other things than just work i actually work like three times as fast as when i'm just focusing mainly on the work so that's kind of how i've been dealing with it i'll have to see if that stays for the rest of the year but i just am trying to take it less seriously and just 
working on the idea that things will happen. Progress is going to move. Don't so you don't need to stress about it. You're a hardworking person. You're going to work hard. You don't need to always work hard, but you'll do it when the time is right. That's kind of how I've just been feeling about things. I'm so happy you just said everything that you just said, especially around um, knowing the signs of burnout. I'm just I'm really happy that you talked about that. I, I actually think that just before Christmas, so just a little over a month ago, I think I was feeling pretty burnt out and I don't think I realized it um until I took two weeks off and it was like this is the first time I've actually taken time off in like two years or something and I found it really really revitalizing and I've come back so much more productive than before whereas before it was just like every day's a grind everything sucks like even though on a daily basis I'm working technically on things that I enjoy I wasn't feeling like I was enjoying it very much and so I'm I'm just really happy to hear that someone talk about because burnout by itself can be like this really abstract thing. Like I used to think burnout meant, oh, you're you're so you're you're so burnt out or you're so low on energy that you like literally can't get out of bed and you can't move or something like that. But that for me, that was not the case. I was able to still get up and do stuff and, you know, do things around the house and even be quote unquote productive. But it was all so much harder. And, every, and my mood would just tank so much faster. And I don't know, I didn't feel like myself. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to hear another game developer talking about it because I think it's really easy to fall into in game development. So thank you for, I really do appreciate you. Thank you for sharing all of that stuff because it's really personal, but uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to be helped by everything that you just said. Yeah, that that's, that's nice to hear. I, I will say like, if, if people are aspiring game developers or they are game developers and they're listening to this, uh, you'll read online a lot about the signs of burnout and how to avoid it. And one of the things that they say is <laughs> you should take a break before you think you're going to get burnout. And I've been practicing that for a couple of months and I think it's working, but burnout is so weird when I look back at being burnt out in my mind, I'm imagining it as like the world is like vibrant and colorful. And then just every single day, the like saturation just slowly gets lower until you're just living in black and white and you don't realize it until you're fully in black and white. Yeah. And so when I notice that something slightly feels maybe a little different i can't tell if it's bad or good but something just feels a little bit different i'm like you know what i'll just do that tomorrow and that's been working out well for me uh my it's my fiance's uh birthday she's having a birthday party on saturday and i'm like you know what it's a birthday party we're gonna have fun but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it is kind of a little bit stressful. So I'm like, I'm just going to take a little bit of time off of work this week. Maybe not work as hard just because that small amount of stress from working and then the small amount of stress from a party might all add up and, and co contribute to being burnt out. And so a lot of it is just kind of being mindful of the possibility of something that might happen. And it's hard to 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 manage knowing something that you don't know is going to happen or if it will. Yep, and especially when it hits, uh, it's I think it's a lot harder to um, rid yourself of it once it's actually happening to you than you know if you're able to prevent it beforehand. I'm I'm just curious. I'm sorry. I want to shift uh, gears just a little bit here. What is your background? Because there are. Um, for game development in particular, there are so many intimidating things to learn. Like you said, um, if you're an indie developer, you have like 700 different jobs that you have to do, which is very, very true. So it's a very intimidating thing for people to think about in terms of where the heck do I start? So I'm just, and I think particularly uh, coding and programming, I, I think that that's a big deterrent for a lot of people. So just um, I just want to hear about how you got started. Like, uh, did you know how to code before you got into game development or were you good at art before? Like, did you have any skills 
um, that you were able to bring to the table in the game development going in, or were you just completely starting from scratch when you first learned? All right, so my background, <laughs> Caucasian, 25 male. No, um, uh, I actually, so I was doing the YouTube thing for a while, and one of my friends sent me a link to Construct 2, and they're like, you can you can make games with this. I, they just sent it. They're like, you can make games with this. I'm like, you know what? That sounds cool. And for years, this has been years, um, Jelly Fields is set in uh, this universe that I've been making called Contina. And I've been just, as a hobby, I would just develop this universe. And when this person had sent me this game engine there, I was like, that universe can be turned into like games mm -hmm. and that was like the, the original driving passion that i had and if you know anything about construct you'll know that it is a no code game engine i never thought of myself as being smart enough or talented enough to learn how to code and i started in construct had no background in art I'm horrible at art. I still say that I'm terrible at art, even though everybody comes up to me and they're like, I love your art style so much. <laughs> I still think that I'm not that great at art. I think I'm good at knowing what I do. But the second you get me to like do something different, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I tried doing some digital art, like just like or like just drawing on like the iPad or just drawing in general. And I'm like, I'm so lost. Um, but I eventually switched from Construct to Unity because I wanted to take myself a little more seriously and I was thinking that Construct was limiting me a little bit and I pretty much taught myself by just having horrible uh, uh, work-life balancing and it took maybe like two years for me to actually start – or two weeks, I mean, to start developing the game in Unity. So it was like two weeks of just watching tutorials, staying up until five in the morning, <laughs> trying to learn how things work, just typing random things in and seeing what it does. I remember when I first started, I watched a video and it was like Vector 3 and I'm like, I'm out. I don't, what is, <laughs> what, what is, is this? who is Vector? Why is he everywhere? I'm like, there's three numbers. What do, I don't even know what one of the number means. <laughs> And it was just a lot of watching tutorials, talking to people, and that was also my journey with art. If I go into A Sprite, I think I have like five or six thousand hours of A Sprite. It was a lot of just. At first, it was sitting there just trying to draw shapes, and then someone suggested that I should just take sprites from games that I like and try and redraw them and and look at the techniques that they did. There was stuff like that. I was obviously working on games and uh, devlog, so I was always drawing and a lot of talking to the community, talking to people that do pixel art, and eventually things just started getting easier in terms of the coding and, and uh, the art. It just took a very long time. I was just, like I said, stupid and stubborn, basically. <laughs> Yep. And two qualities that will help you if you want to get into game development, I think. <laughs> Marketing is always a topic that's really, really big on uh, game developers' minds. So I always like to ask. Um, so besides your channel fairly, uh, is there anything else that you're doing to market uh, Jelly Fields? Like, are there other social media tools that you're utilizing? Or do you have any any other tips that you would give to other game developers in terms of getting eyeballs on their game? I think I I'm really bad at doing the the marketing kind of stuff. I haven't really thought about it. Um I did think about doing it more seriously and getting into that, but like marketing for me this is not the same for everyone, but for me it kind of feels like it would be like a trap for me. Like I know that I'll put so much time and effort and resources into trying to properly market everything and since i'm stubborn i want to probably do it by myself 
or just talk to other people who might know how to do it. And I feel like it wouldn't go the way that I want it to go. And I'm really just hoping that um, if the more that I grow my audience, the more eyes that will, will be on the game. Mm -hmm. And obviously YouTube in itself is a, a way to market your game. And something that I've actually focused on I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm playing 4D chess, like I'm gigabraining everything sometimes. <laughs> and I had a realization like two years ago because I can't remember who it was, but uh, one of the OG devloggers posted a poll and they're like, you going to get my game? And it was like, yes or no. And it was like 80% no. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that's tough. And so I was like sitting there looking at this. I'm like, why would that be? And then I was, well, a lot of people have this realization now, but this was before people had that realization. I was looking through uh, the comments and then going to their YouTube channels and going to their social media. I was just like stalking all these people that said no in this poll. <laughs> and I realized I'm like, they said no because they watch your videos because they are making their own game. Like they, they care zero about the game that you're making. And then I looked at my channel and I'm like, oh, shoot. That's happening with me too. Like these people just want to be inspired. They they're not there because they like my game. So I like totally shifted the way that I was making videos to be less professional, more goofy, less talking about the technical stuff and and more just highlighting the game, what makes the game great and my personality. And then uh, I get people all the time now saying like, I'm so excited for your game. I can't wait for it. And that was a completely different shift from when's the next devlog. That's what people normally would say. When's the next devlog? But everybody's like, I am just excited to see more of the game. So having that huge community shift, I think was a, a giga brain marketing move <laughs> to not be marketing my game to people who aren't going to play it. I actually found a, a community and an audience that, are interested in my game and so i'm hoping that that turns out well but i also know in game development and youtube nothing is guaranteed so you just you just see how it goes i do think that's a really smart approach i am very curious to see how it ends up going for you because especially um th there's like several different types of channels that I'll see on game development. And one of them's like really highly information based, like a tutorial channel. Right. And those channels, you know, even if they're working on a game on the side, I feel like most of their viewers are just what you described. They're not there because they care about the game. They're there to get information and then get out. Um, so I feel like in terms of a marketing strategy, having a high information based channel is not a way to go. It sounds like you've shifted gears into more entertainment and more connection as well. Like people are there to see two things, your game and just to see you and, you know, your self-described goofy personality. Right. Um, so I, I think that people would obviously buy your game because they're there. They want to see more of Jellyfields. But also, I'm curious if they would want to buy your game because they feel connected to just you as a person and they want to support you. Obviously, I can't predict the future, so I don't know. But I feel like that makes a lot of sense and that was a really smart move for you to make. So I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. When you said that, um, I came to that realization too when I had my my falling out with with youtube last year i have a uh, the a membership program on my channel mm -hmm. so people can uh essentially they donate to the channel and they get a bunch of cool things they get like behind the scenes videos and stuff and when i first launched it i was doing a behind the scenes video every week and then i couldn't handle that and then it turned to like every other week and then i had that huge falling out and it turned into none at all right and obviously I lost a lot of members, but majority of them stayed. And I, I posted a statement to the community tab, like after the burnout. And I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I didn't post this. I, I feel terrible about it. And a lot of them were just like, you are the reason why we are in the membership program. It's not the videos. The videos are just a completely a plus. We just want to see you do well. 
And I, I, I'm pretty sure I cried when I saw all those messages. I'm like, I'm like, no, that's too nice. <laughs> so I, yeah, I had that realization. It's the same thing in the streams. It's like not everyone is super into me and, and cares a lot about me and how I'm doing, but it's really nice when something goes wrong and you need to delay a stream to the next day. And all of the comments are just like, Hey, that's totally fine. Enjoy yourself. Have a, have a good day in my streams. It's actually become a thing where like, if I'm streaming for like two hours, I'm like, I'm a little bit tired. The entire stream chat is just get off fairly. Please stop streaming fairly. <laughs> go have fun. They're trying to force me to play uh slime rancher and Terraria. Cause I've never played them. Okay. They're like, please someone's like i will buy the game for you please get off and have fun <laughs> and then at the beginning of the year i did a this is something that i wanted to to touch on that came into my mind just now i actually did a sentiment form which is something that i want to do every year which is a, a google form and it has a bunch of questions asking how do you feel about the content right now how do you feel about me right now what's your favorite thing about my content how how long do you prefer videos to be? Do you prefer videos and live streams? Do you just prefer one? And then at the end, I wrote a thing that was just like closing thoughts, say anything. Mm -hmm. And there was like 80, 90 people that did it. So many of the people that did it were just like, um, nothing is wrong with your channel. Nothing is wrong with you. I love you. Like, and so many like really well thought out like paragraphs saying like, Oh, you helped me through this. You helped me through that. And now it's time for you. You just need to help yourself. Like, like people are saying things like that to me and it, it, it really means a lot. And it, it, it's really crazy to have that, that perspective. And I'm so glad that I shifted my channel towards focusing on just me and, and the journey because it's, it's nice to, to have that perspective from people that they care about me that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I can, um, I can vouch for connection working for a channel, uh, and even, you know, cause if you're, if you're a game developer in the end, passion and all that stuff is fantastic, but obviously people are getting into this. They want their games to be successful as well. So money is definitely a factor. And I can even say from a financial standpoint, like thin matrix is a good example. I've been watching him for years. Um, another one of the OG uh, devloggers, the OG, right? the OG, yeah. And uh, I, I bought Equilinox uh, when it first came out. Really, not because I was terribly interested in that kind. That's not the kind of game that me personally that I would play. It's just, it's not really my thing. Yeah, same. I bought it because. I've been watching him create it for years and it was just so cool to be able to like actually play something that Thin Matrix made, you know? So I can definitely vouch for, that was before I was in game development at all. I was I was interested in game development, so I watched his devlogs, but I wasn't doing it myself yet. And uh it's yeah, so I can definitely vouch that that is an angle that works both from like you know, having a community, everything you just said is absolutely incredible, but it also works in terms of selling your game, having a connection factor with your people. It's like you are the brand. People come there to see you and to just see how fairly is doing. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's people really People cool. like to see people win. Yep. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And you mentioned live streams too. And I, I have a question about that because I'm, I'm super curious about live streamers. You're one of the few people that I've actually, I think you're the only person I've interviewed that does live streaming very consistently. And it's, it's not something I've ever tried. And it, it's something that makes me super nervous to think about. Actually, I was like people watching me work. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So I'm just, tell me about, um, what your experience doing that has been like in case there's anyone listening that does maybe YouTube and has been thinking about doing live streams. How has that been for you? Just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I got into doing live streams just as a fun thing. I've always been interested in live streaming and not a lot of people know this about me. I feel like I've been more open about this on my discord server and uh, just talking with other devs, but I am like, I'm like an entertainment machine. Like that is like my main goal in life. I always have just been like uh, the goofy guy that just says the most random 
thing. And like a lot of the 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 time that I'm I'm being goofier and being funny is like it's always premeditated. So I I found out very quickly that I like I learn things pretty fast and I can be kind of smart mm-hmm. in certain ways. But I'm like I don't want people to recognize me as just like oh that guy was smart he did that smart. I I rather people just see me as like being goofy. That's my main thing, and I. I got into doing gaming live streams like years prior. Okay. And I had built an audience of like maybe 10 or 20 people that would always show up, but it was like these people wanted to be there really bad. And just doing that, I, I found it, it was really fun and it can be pretty tiring after a while, but it is really fun. And I contemplated doing it with game development. I'm like, this is going to be boring. People don't want to see me code. Uh, the angle that I really found that made me first jump into it was like, oh, I can just do art. People like to watch art. Mm. It's not as boring and technical as coding, and it's not as intensive. And I quickly found that I was very wrong, (laughs) and I started streaming, and I'm like, we're going to do art, and then I would just sit there for like 10 seconds. I either talked or did art. I did not do both at the same time. (laughs) Weird things just started happening in the streams. Uh, people send, uh, this is commonly known as bait, where they just send uh, messages that are like to get you to respond to that. Yeah. And I do like to respond to those people and see where that ends up. And we ended up having really weird stuff going on. There's this whole thing on my streams with frogs. It originally started as somebody asking me to put a picture of a frog on the screen, and I did it. And then it turned into me periodically, we call it frogging, where periodically uh, the whole entire screen will just be a frog. And then that turned into now we do the frog of the week, which is where I actually edit. It's like we're trying to make a cinematic universe. (laughs) It's like a show. We're on season one, episode four now of frog of the week. And it just turned into just like being goofy and, and connecting with the community. I don't see it as like a job thing. I just see it as like hanging out with my friends. Okay. There's a lot of my friends, but I'm just kind of hanging out with my friends. Sometimes I do get work done though. Sometimes. That was that was one of my questions because what I've had in the back of my brain from time to time is like, well, I could be getting stuff done in my game and creating content at the same time. That sounds on the surface like it's super productive, but... I'm thinking that the amount of (laughs) my level of distraction from interacting with people is probably going to ensure that I get almost nothing done the entire time. Is that kind of you kind of alluded to that being your experience? Is that right? Yeah, you you have to uh, you have to be always on. Yeah, you have to be always talking about something and thinking about what you're going to talk about next. And depending on the type of audience you have, my audience obviously likes when things are silly and goofy. So I need to constantly be thinking about what's going to be silly or goofy that I can do next. And that often that doesn't like in the brain, that's like a very different section of the brain than like, okay, let's actually think about programming. So thinking about being goofy and thinking about being programming are two totally different things. And I myself have actually leaned into doing super stupid things on stream when the whole unity debacle was going on uh if you go to my channel and you go to my live streams i had a live stream called unity dev learns godot and that got four thousand views and the entire time i was just hating on unity saying godot was amazing and it was like i learned about like the timer in in godot you can just add a timer super easily and like my reaction was like me like yelling and getting out of my chair and going across the room saying it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then the second stream was Unity Dev makes dream game in Godot. And then that one also went. And then the next one was Godot Dev tries Unity. He likes it. <laughs> so then I go back to Unity and then it's Unity Dev makes a game in Godot. And it goes back. So it just went back and forth. And I, I do think if you take the time to have fun with what you're doing it's really fun it's less of a job when you're just goofing off 
which I'm thankfully I made the decision to pivot my like whole career just on being goofy and having fun. I think that was uh, really smart of me to do that when I did it. Yep. Yep. I would agree. And I think it's a good trait to have in game development as well, because we're making stuff to entertain people. Right. So it's a good fit. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to ask, like, I, I got one final question for you. Like, if anyone is listening that is wanting to uh, just start out or wanting to really get into game development, what advice would you give them from all of the experiences that you've had in this industry? Oh, okay. This is a tough one. Uh, I do have people who say that they're just starting out. My advice that I would give you is stick with it it's something that's going to be with you for a very long time mm -hmm. you're not going to get results immediately and if you do get results immediately there will be a lot of other problems that will follow it it's a it's a huge commitment it's going to take a lot of your time you're going to be butting your head at at the wall at other developers at yourself <laughs> with your entire life basically it's a huge commitment. I will say for majority of people, it's probably not as worth it because of how much of a commitment it is. But if you are super driven and you, you want to do this, you're going to have to want to do it and you're going to have to want to do it always. If you look at game development uh, YouTube channels and you look uh, over a like two year period, you'll see that people are like generally interested in game development for like two years and then they just, they don't care about it anymore. And that's usually because they just try something, it doesn't work. Try something, doesn't work. And then after a certain point, they're like, I'm over it. <laughs> you have to be willing to not be over it when things don't work because things aren't going to work a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a it's a super tough job, like most jobs, it's super tough. But I will say, it's probably one of the most rewarding things that you can do. And a lot of developers will say that. And a lot of developers will say that not even having finished a game. Like, I haven't really even finished a game, but I feel so proud of all of the things that I've accomplished. And then if you put it into perspective, I tell people this all the time. You made the thing on the screen move like not many. And when you're in the this uh, this niche and when you're in this bubble, everybody can say that they've done that. But if you like go to like the average person on the street and be like, I made this game, they'll be like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like we're doing something that is crazy and it is a dream job. So remembering that it is a dream job is is really is really cool. I love that. If you have a nephew, you're also the coolest <laughs> uncle ever. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you, you would be for sure. Fairly, thank you. I don't want to take up any more of your time, man. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I've had a great time chatting with you. And uh, I do just want to plug your stuff really quick. Go ahead and check out Fairly's YouTube channel. It's Fairly, F-A-I-R-L-I-I. And uh, check out his game, Jelly Fields. And go ahead and what was your other channel that you do that I did not know about before this interview? What is it again? Game Game Grove. Game Game Grove. Go ahead and check. I'm going to check that one out too later on today. So thank you so much for joining me. And I do just want to give you the opportunity to leave us with any parting words if you if you have anything else that you want to say. Ooh. Anything else that I want to say? I could say anything <laughs> like, in the I world I could say right so now. much. <laughs> I could say so many things right now. Um, it was just really nice to be here. I've never actually done this before, so that that was that was really cool to be able to do this. And I will say, spoiler alert for the end of the video. This was a second take. Got him. <laughs> That is all I've got. If you love this episode and if you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome developers like yourself. Thank you so much for listening.